Do you want to organize your finances, create wealth, and transform your wealth into a legacy? It's time to start today. Welcome to Octane. 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 My name is Andrew Wall. I'm the managing partner of CPA for IT. And I am Rachel Stedman, head of customer care. Our new podcast designed to give your small business the fuel it needs to succeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Octane. I'm back with my co-host, Rachel Stedman, and our Hello. guest, is Karen Perez, who works with us on our sort of paralegal side of the business, uh, because we wanted to talk to you guys today about some really important tools. Uh, there's the CRA uh, My Account and the CRA My Business Account and the Ontario Business Registration Account or uh, various provincial registration uh, accounts. And Rachel, you want to maybe start with a bit of a breakdown of what the difference is between these three different accounts? Definitely. So the my CRA account is the individual account where you get to have access to all of your personal tax information um, that is submitted to CRA. And it's actually a pretty neat tool because sometimes I have clients that want to know um, they want to have access to their notice of assessments or they want to have access to, well, what is my RSP limit? What is my TFSA limit? Different things like that. Uh, so that's on the my business side. And then there's the other account, which is actually new to Ontario, which is the OBR account. Now, we have Karen here, our paralegal, who is <laughs> fully well-versed into this because this is definitely <laughs> something new. Um, you know, the Ontario government has um, implemented, which is really good for individuals in terms of them having access to not just information about the tax account for their business, but maybe more so the registration details uh, for the business. So I guess, Karen, why don't we dive into a little bit more about the OBR, because that's when you're initially setting up a business. So tell us what it entails. And then from there, we'll go into once your business has been set up, what is... Um, how you have access to the CRE account side. Hey guys, <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me guys. Um, so yeah, so what happened is that a while ago, Ontario used to have these, you know, over the counter services and they decided last year on October 19th to make changes to have all these paperwork completed online. So that's when Ontario launched the Ontario Business Registry, also known as OBR. So it only started happening back in October 19th last year. So it is a very easy way to make, you know, process any transactions, incorporations, dissolutions. The only um, thing that I'm still trying to understand when Ontario is going to come up with allowing accountants or lawyers to do that for, for their clients, right? Because yeah. right now they're only, I know, unfortunately, there are only two service providers that can do that. And obviously they would charge a fee for it. Um, getting a hold of these two service providers may be a bit hard if you don't have a way to, you know, I know someone or I'm trying to get the services from someone. So unfortunately, the clients will have to either apply for a corporation key or a company key, and then also have to open a one key account. The one key account is something that I suggest clients getting right away. If you're incorporating right now, a one key account is something that you must have. Why? Because it allows you to communicate with your uh, 
you know, with Ontario to in order to file any paperwork. So and one of the other is, and one of the other things too is God, that they've had some new regulations here in Ontario where uh, historically um, the Ontario registration, which if you have a, a Ontario corporation as opposed to a federal corporation, um, historically that used to be automatically re-registered with the province when you filed your tax return. And you will return, that is correct, yes. Now the, the federal, if you had a federal, you always had to do this anyways, but uh, now with the provincials, they've unfortunately taken that away. So we as your accountants can't do that when we file your tax return, which means that you unfortunately need to do that and you need to set up this Ontario business registration so that you can, you can do that because as Karen pointed out so uh, eloquently, there's only a limited amount of uh, organizations that can access uh, these uh, tools on your behalf. Uh, so if you help us get access by going online, setting up your OBR account, getting your one key account, that allows us to be able to do these registrations for you. Uh, because Karen, what are the what are the implications if you don't do your annual registration with the province of Ontario? Well, what happens is that the annual return. Let me just clarify: an annual return is not a corporate tax return. An annual yes. return is a return to inform the government of Ontario that your company is in good standing and it's still active, right? Mm -hmm. So what are you going to be declaring in this annual return is the head office of the business, who are the directors and who is still an officer and the day when they became either officer or directors. So yes, there can be some penalties, although it is not really 100% clear yet of what Ontario uh, can do. But uh, one of the things that I definitely am certain that they can do is they can dissolve your corporation without really giving you much notice. So Which is what they file, used to do to the federal, exactly. right? Exactly. For non-compliance, typically, however, on the federal level, it is after three years. Um, the other oh good God. thing about setting up the one key account and all those other things, similar to that on the federal side, is that you are setting up your email address and getting direct contact with the ministry. So if you are late on your filing of your annual returns, you know, they will email you, they will send you that reminder. Okay. And it's very right. important because on the federal side, they used to mail you the information, but you know, many people, if you've moved or if you didn't update your address, you haven't filed your tax return in a while, they won't have that up-to-date information. But now when you set up these accounts and you provide them with your email address, you'll get notices, get, sorry, you'll get email notification. So that way it ensures that you are able to be up-to-date and compliant um, because again, if the Ontario government, because yes, we did take a look to see, you know, well, what are the penalties? They haven't really fully disclosed it. Again, this is- But pretty, we can assume that they'll be similar to what they've done in the past. Uh, now, right now, there's this sort of leniency because it's a new program, but I, I'm, yes. you know, I'm making a bold assumption here that I think is a pretty safe assumption that the penalties for the Ontario uh, corporations that now have this new regulation will be the same as what they have been for the federal who have always had these same regulations, which can be quite punitive. Um, and the problem is also like Karen, as you pointed out, this is not a tax return. And some people were getting these notifications historically with the federals going, hey, I haven't filed my return. Oh wait, but I've I filed my tax return with Andrew, so that's the return, right? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's Why didn't you file my corporate return. tax return? It's like, no, yeah. this is not a corporate tax return. Yeah. Absolutely. So although you may be, you may be in good standing on your corporate income tax filing. 
you may not necessarily be in good standing on your Ontario registration side. So and then you get deregistered and then they'll charge you to re-register and it costs as much as an article of incorporation. So it like, definitely does. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I have to add here that um, I have not had a case like this in many, many years since, you know, almost 15 years that I have been with the company. But I need to add that I I do think that trying to revive a corporation with Ontario, it is much more difficult than doing it under the federal level. Right. There are just way too many things. I suggest everyone that needs to have an annual return completed, search for a service provider, come to us. We have a blog on our website about this. Come to us who can help you uh, filing these annual returns. Don't leave them until you know, you're pretty much having your corporation closed down, right? Absolutely, and you point out a great point. We got tons of content on our blog, cpa4it.ca, go to our blog, check it out. Um, and I think one of the things is, you know, the, the OBR is, is somewhat in its infancy, you know, going back to October of, of 2021. Um, so it's, it's relatively new, um, but the other online portals like the My CRA account, My Business account, uh, these are completely different. They're, these are federal yes. programs versus provincial programs. They've, yes. they've been established uh, quite a bit. Um, so OBR, this is really important. It's new. It's to make sure that your registration is up to date and that you're just letting the province know uh, who it is. It's, it's not necessarily going to give you access to information about, you know, do you owe any money on any of your taxes so much. That's where the CRA account is going to come in. And the CRA account these things are, are quite powerful, as you've said, Rachel. You've got a ton of information for both the MyCRA account on your personal side, like being able to know, hey, do I have any outstanding balances? Um, you know, are, are they expecting any returns that they, like I thought I filed, but they haven't received? You know, how much room do I have in RRSPs? Uh, you know, all this amazing stuff that you have at your fingertips. And I then on the I, I was just going to quickly mention, and, and sorry to interrupt, Andrew, but um, so this is just coming from someone that is not really working for an accounting firm and it's coming from my from my spouse, right? So this last weekend, um, he was uh, preparing our taxes, like, go figure, I work for an accounting firm and we, I don't prepare our taxes. So he, he's preparing our taxes and then he's asking me if I have a, a copy of my T4 and I'm like, I don't know if I have a copy of my T4. And then he messaged me later, he's, he's telling me that a friend of him told him that he can retrieve his T4 from the CRA. And I'm like, yes, did you not know that? Yeah. He's, he was, no, I did not know that yeah. I can retrieve my T5, my T4. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And that's actually very important. So on the personal side, okay, um, you know, once an employer, uh, once an individual has been issued either T4 slip, um, a T5 slip, or even RSP. So think of it as anything that is attached to your social insurance number, that's a T slip, that information is submitted to CRA, right? So as an individual, you can go onto your CRA account and there's a vast amount of information which you can have access to that one, you don't have to be going directly to an accountant to ask. And two, you definitely don't have to be on the phone for hours waiting to talk to CRA to inquire about right so yeah. you can get this way faster uh it's on your fingertips right you log in you know even when clients are making rsp contributions and they don't know what's my room how much am i allowed you know you now can rachel do that mm -hmm. i mean a question for you guys that i will um like to just you know find out here yeah. is 
what do you guys think about uh, the numbers being accurate in in the returns, like in the in the slips? Well, I mean, the slips and the information, it is based on the individual that's submitting it, right? The, whether it's uh, whatever institution or whatever firm. Now, are there some times that the information may be inaccurate? Very slim. Very, yeah. very slim. And if anything, 95% of the time, it's yeah. right. And if right. anything, it's incorrect because maybe your employer initially submitted one slip. And then um, but realized they did something wrong and they did an amendment. But the likelihood of that is very slim. The only thing that sometimes does happen is that you might log on to your CRE account and you see one set of slips, but you know, oh, didn't I have an RSP? Didn't I have a T slip? So sometimes they don't come right away. While it's the delay in your processing time. That is correct. So it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that sometimes CRE takes a little while, or sometimes again, you know, like I know for a lot of individuals when they um they're doing that, you know, March first rush to get your RSPs done. The financial institution sometimes they take a little bit of while until that information yeah. slips. They'll do it at the last it. minute, and then CRA yeah. needs so like even though the deadline <laughs> is February twenty eighth. Don't expect that you can go onto the CRA website and get your T4 on March 1st, right? That is right. correct. Yeah. You need a bit of time. And I think one of the other things that has changed, um, even though these are a bit more established programs, the My CRA account and the My Business account, which is the business side of the My CRA account, is that uh, for you to grant access to us as your accountants has changed over the last year. It has. Um, and in the past, you used to be able to just sign a form and grant us access. Um, or call an agent and grant us access. You can't do that anymore. The only way for you to grant us access is you actually have to create your CRA account and then authorize your representative through that platform, which is creating a lot of problems for us because you know people aren't necessarily as familiar with that. Um, mm -hmm. In addition, um, well, Rachel's telling you it's so amazing once you have this account set up because you can access information like instantly. It's not instant to set up. If you do not have, if you don't have your CRA account set up, Already, there's yeah. an authorization process because CRA, uh, although they have been hacked in the past, does take data security very seriously. They do. And mm -hmm. to confirm who you are, you're going to have to give a bunch of information based on your tax return, and then they're going to mail a document to you yeah. for you to get access. They mail you a code. Yes, that's what it is. So um, when you do the application, you get initially limited access when you do it online. Once you're able to authenticate, you know, certain line numbers on your prior tax returns and different things. And then they do take, unfortunately, it will take about five to seven days for you to get that letter in the mail, which will have that code. And then you log back onto the account. And once you enter that code, then you have full access to everything. So yes, that is correct, Andrew. It may seem a bit of a pain to set it up initially, but it is beneficial. And to be quite honest with you, I actually like the fact that CRA is forcing individuals to have an account to be able to provide, you know, access to their, um, their accounts. And I know for us, it is a little difficult. I will admit it takes yeah. a lot. You know, normally we would, you know, we would submit the application and within a few days we would get everything. And now we have to wait for clients to do their parts for us to be able to have access. But, you know, I always tell clients, it is so important for them to have access for them to see for them to know the other thing as well is as you know over the years cra has been becoming more and more paperless right so yeah. even like texts your refunds or different things like that they're no longer you know mailing you a check it's you know direct deposit so it's the same thing with mail from cra 
whether you're late on outstanding tax return filings, if there's any monies owing, when you set up the CRA account, okay, you have an inbox and that's where CRA will send you all the information. When you set up the account as well, because you're assigning an email address, if there's any mail that's coming through, they will email you to let you know, hey, there is mail waiting for you, right? Yeah. So it's no longer snail mail. You can't say, you, you know, you didn't get the letter, right? It's all there. So it is just a really robust, tool and i think that everybody should i think it's imperative everybody should have access to their accounts to be honest with you and and the other thing too is like the bottom line of why here folks is because if we need the access to information and we can't go through your my cra account we're getting on the phone and and anyone who's ever dealt with cra knows that you can be on the phone for sometimes hours depending upon the time of year to get access to information that i could get a lot faster and you know as a service-based business that's going to result in a higher cost for you as the end client even if you are on one of our fixed fee packages our fixed fee packages do have caps on the number of hours so you know you don't want us spending all that time just trying to call in to get through to cra which has very little value uh, you want us to have access to that information at the tip of our fingertips uh, so that we can service you faster and uh, more cost effectively um, so make sure you get there's three accounts we're talking about here. There's the Ontario Business Registration, uh, which is which is the newest. Um, we have the MyCRA account, which uh, gets you access to your personal stuff. Um, and to be honest, you need to set up the MyCRA account to get the My Business account because yes. they'll be they'll be linked together. Yeah, um, and then you'll have your My Business account. Um, and with those three things together, that gets us access to as much information at both the federal and provincial levels to be able to service you as best as possible, as well as grants you access to uh, a central place where you can go to get access to all this information and make sure that everything is filed and, you know, uh, compliant with CRA. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, guys, and uh, this is something that I don't think that uh, you have uh, you have brought up, but have you noticed that logging into CRA account now has so many stops? Like you're you're logging in, you believe you're gonna be in. Oh, yeah, yes. exactly. A lot it's, it's of like authentication. A of verification. Yeah, it's, now, it's because yes, they were hacked yes. last year. If you didn't know, yes. CRA was hacked but, last year. Yeah. One thing I was going to add, and I know this for a fact, that's, uh, you know, if let's say you're going to Mexico, right, for a vacation, and you're going to be uh, renting a house and working from Mexico, watch out there, because if you're trying to log in into an account, or if you're trying to log in into your account, and you're not in the country, they're most likely going to send you a text message which you probably are not going to get because you don't have your phone on unless you do. Yeah. Um, I think that there is an option there to change that to instead receive something called a grid. So, yeah. Although yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of the I grid, mean, but the grid is another right. alternative. I mean, do you do that or have you guys uh, done that? We, we, I've I'll looked at the grid. The text messages. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to the text messages too. Uh, right. Although the grid is an option and I, I guarantee you they'll be eventually moving to uh, what's called an authenticator. Authenticator are the most trusted source of data security, um, which is like there's a Google authenticator, there's a Microsoft authenticator. Right. We in our firm use an authenticator that's called Duo. You guys don't even realize that it's an authenticator, but that that thing where you have to go to Duo and approve it, that's oh, another yeah. form of an authenticator. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, th that's the future of, of where uh, multi-factor is going to go with CRA, I'm sure, because this grid 
it's problematic in and of itself. Um, but uh, you know, we could spend the entire episode on cybersecurity, as everyone knows, it's a passion <laughs> project of ours. Um, and uh, you know, one of the most important things as stewards of your information is that we make sure that we safeguard and protect that using everything that we can uh, in our arsenal, including you know, multi-factor authentication, encryption, um, and uh, and all the latest and greatest tech tools and technology. And as everyone here knows, I uh, I love technology. Sometimes Rachel and Karen know I love it too much. I, too much. Um, I like to live at that bleeding edge of technology. Um, but uh, Karen, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk to us. Today. Anytime, guys. Yeah. Well, uh, careful what you say. You know, we might just invite we you might back. Invite <laughs> you for some future episodes. No, it awesome. was it was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem. And uh, we'll have you back. I guarantee you for another episode. And folks, we'll see you again in another week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bye guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.